0: Chris Davis of the Scotland-based Dürer has joined the antidote for a talk. Thanks for coming, Chris. Uh, You're most welcome, Dave. I'm happy to be here. Right off the top, Chris, how about explaining how the Renaissance painter Albrecht Dürer connects to the music of Dürer? I mean, that I just don't get.
1: (laughs) Um, As far as my point of view goes, it was just like a cool name. and We just went with it. I don't really know much about why we picked the name. Um, Dave, the other member of the band, he came to me with the name and everything and uh, quite a fully formed concept about what we were going to do. And then I just sat around and wrote some riffs. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
0: And that says it all. Okay, well, tell me, besides the band name, I guess really the bigger question is, why do you do what you do? I mean, this is not typical music.
1: Um, well, me and Dave really enjoy making music together. We've been in a couple of bands now. And so, you know, whenever he kind of dreams up these uh, weird scenarios or, or different ideas that he wants to try, sometimes he comes to me with them. Sometimes he goes to other people, but sometimes he comes to me with them. And yeah, I just, I just really enjoy making music with Dave. And, you know, it's quite interesting to sort of pick a general direction. And you know start writing music together and seeing what comes out the other end so that's definitely one motivator for for what we do so when dave approached me with the idea of doing a more kind of uh, hardcore punk uh, power violence kind of project and um, then i was all down with it and we just got going so yeah that's basically it really you know what i love is how dur takes shots at
0: everybody Like millennials, you lay into them on the opening track from your new self-titled EP. Pampered Millennial says, Be better if you'd open your eyes. Self-serving sycophant, community leech. I want to soak your world in bleach. Your whole deal is, I've got mine. This could be better if you opened your eyes. Now, I get your intentions with that, but seriously, are millennials really as bad as we're told they are?
1: Um, I, I don't think so. Certainly the upper end of them anyway, being the fact that I am technically a millennial, if you look at the definition Uh-oh. being 35. <laughs> so, um, generally, you know, Dave is kind of a uh, taking aim at the lower end of the generation, I suppose, where they're just kind of buried in their phones and they just don't really think about, uh, anyone else. And, you know, some of that's just uh, a bit of a perception, I suppose. And it's certainly not everyone in that generation, but, um, that it's certainly that kind of, uh, stereotypical end of the millennial generation that Dave's taken aim at there for sure and actually in an actual fact, there'd been a little bit of a gap from recording that and then uh, mixing it obviously as there always is and uh, we were both like, wow that's that's turned out a bit angrier than uh, we were expecting but we kind of you know still liked it still thought it made an interesting point so yeah, that was that was it really <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Now be honest with us Chris. how many
0: selfies have you taken? And how often do you get buried into your phone?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm quite guilty of taking selfies sometimes. Um, And although I'm a bit camera shy normally, you know, when I kind of get in the flow, I do have a habit of taking photos uh, of of quite a few things, like my food and things like that. And... um, I have been known in the past to share an excessive amount on Instagram. So I suppose to a degree, I do fall into that at some point in my life. Um, Yeah. And I think we are, as a society, we're all very much connected with our phones that potentially can always, it's always difficult to find like a healthy balance, isn't it? Where you need to just uh, be able to disconnect sometimes. So I think that that's the other kind of side to uh, the point Dave was making that, you know, it's all about sometimes just turning your phone off and just trying to look at the world around you and be present in the moment, you know? My wife would totally agree with that comment because <laughs> you were
0: texting me as I was having lunch with my wife for our anniversary <laughs> and I'm responding to you and I don't think I made her too happy.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I am as guilty as everyone else for disappearing into my phone and, you know, yeah it's it's just the way of how society is at the moment but it is always nice to remind yourself that there's a world out there and it does always do me good when i consciously take time away from my phone yeah you mentioned just a moment ago about how you and dave emerson make up derp
0: because it is a two-piece but you said you were together with him on other projects
1: maybe you should tell us about those uh yeah we um played together in uh, their throats are open tombs and we released a couple of records um, a few years ago now and that's just very much like a noise project it's very very aggressive and very very harsh and quite different to this and uh, but yeah we worked together in that and then i also worked with dave on a few projects not not as a participating band member as such but more just to doing a bit of mixing and stuff for zap records when they were still going as well so i've known dave for quite a while. And, yeah, he's he's a really good friend. And, you know, as I said, we really enjoy making music together. So here we are with another band. (laughs) Maybe you should tell me, is this the kind of music you've always
0: gravitated towards? Like deep down, you're not actually some kind of pop music freak?
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think in my formative years of discovering music uh, for me, obviously being British and being the age that I am, there was bands like Oasis and Blur and bands like that, that I would gravitate towards. But really, as soon as I discovered Nirvana and Green Day, that was it. And I've just gone more and more and further and further into more sort of like, you know, this kind of more punkier end, hardcore end, you know, sometimes the more metal end, but in terms of the influences of Dora, like, you know, uh, getting into bands like GBH, obviously they're from Birmingham as well. And, um, uh, you know getting into other bands like that and like bands like Discharge and other bands like that I just really like this kind of music so yeah it's it it was a very natural progression for me to just kind of gravitate towards the scene and just get involved with it and you know listen to all the different bands that are around as well you know whether it be like you know the kind of more sort of known end of things like bands like fugazi and bands like that right across to bands that are kind of perhaps less well known like I suppose you've got bands like The X and you've got bands like The Bronx who are not just punk as well. So, yeah, it's kind of like it's always the music I've kind of gravitated towards. The kind of punk hardcore scene is definitely where I feel at home. So, yeah, there we are. Talking about being well known, how do you want to make Durr known? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. I think, uh, well, it's, it's great how... Um, this release we've partnered with uh, Thumper Punk Records uh, and uh, we're releasing this on uh, Dave's label Vision Press uh, in partnership with Thumper Punk and I was really really excited about that because obviously one of the um, w- one of the things as a musician uh, whether you play it down or not is you do want people to hear your music and um, you know I'm really pleased that we've got this kind of like ability to have our music heard by a bit of a wider audience rather than just uh, self-releasing it this time and um, obviously like that comes with a little bit of pressure but it's all really good as well and, um, yeah, I just really like, you know, people to just check us out and if they like it and they dig it, then that is awesome. I really hope that they get something good out of it and, uh, and enjoy it. And if they don't, that's also fine as well. But mainly I just hope that we, uh, make people think about some of the issues raised in the lyrics on the records and, you know, or, or just thinking about music in general, just make, you know, if we were one of those bands that people listen to that causes them to check out the scene a little bit further, that's also ACE as well. Uh, Yeah, and just generally, I just hope people enjoy it for what it is. Well, I've certainly been enjoying it, and I've really connected with
0: spoil your vote because (laughs) Canada has just finished an election, so I can empathize. And the song says, emergency powers granted in haste so they can keep us in our place. Don't let your free-thinking mind be chained to their filthy party line. Now, I've got to hear it from you.
1: Did you feel this strongly before the pandemic? Uh, for me personally, obviously, I can't speak for Dave because he's not here. But um, for me personally, I've always been quite a politically active, politically aware person. I'm the kind of person that you know listens to political-based podcasts and things like that. And so, yeah, I was definitely tied into uh, that kind of feeling before the pandemic. Like living in the UK, the pandemic was a very, very weird time. Um, As it was for everyone, I'm sure. But um, in particular, um, you know, just watching how some of the situation was being used by politicians, obviously clearly made Dave quite angry. And, you know, it, it is it is one of those things where politics is such a tricky subject because, you know, you don't want to fall out with anyone by talking about it. But also Politics by default means we need to talk about it. So, you know, in terms of this song being on this record and the points it's making, I'm really pleased it's there. And when I heard the lyrics, I was just like, you know what, that's a really good set of lyrics. It's among my favorite lyrics that I've uh, come across Dave writing amongst all of the other projects he's done, as well as the ones with me. And um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's a really interesting song that really does pose a few different points as well. So, yeah. So in terms of politics, I've always been very politically connected uh, and to, to what I perceive as, you know, my political identity and, uh, you know, I always try and keep on top of what's going on as well. So when Dave brought this song forward, I was like, yeah, man, that's really cool. I'm, I'm really digging it, you know? So you've talked about your music being opinionated and raising your
0: voices in it. What do you think it is for the public in general during the pandemic? I think people's voices are being stifled. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think... I think this could be a difficult question, I suppose, to answer because um, it. there's been multiple different uh, viewpoints raised during the pandemic. And obviously, like I, for one, would like everyone to feel like they've been able to uh, share their point of view and share their voice. And I think that there is a tendency worldwide, um, but also particularly in the UK, obviously, where me and Dave are from, for there to be Certainly from a sort of political and governmental perspective for them to try and push a narrative that they want to push. And there there has been instances where I think that certain viewpoints have been favoured over other viewpoints. But it's just the nature of how politics is right now, I suppose, just everything the world has gone through in the last five years. With how polarised things have got over in the UK and how polarised things have got in the US, it has affected everywhere. You know, one thing I'd just encourage people to do is to just try and talk to people, even if you know that they've got a difference of opinion with you politically or or otherwise. And just, you know, try and make those kind of amends, because, you know, that's one way we can kind of all come together and uh, just make sure that uh, all the opposing viewpoints or or agreeable viewpoints, they're all heard equally. Oh, Chris, that is the most politically correct answer I've
0: ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Let's switch back to the easy stuff and we'll talk about your music. (laughs) Okay. Now, I'm inclined to call the music of
1: Durer as punk, but how do you describe it to somebody who's never heard you before? Um, I would probably say it's punk, to be fair. I think that even if me and Dave set out to make a purely straightforward punk record, I think that we would struggle to not bring in other influences as well. So that kind of skews it away from where it is. But generally, I would have said it's a punk record. The kind of references I was aiming for was, as I've already mentioned, like fugazi and bands like that. And then, you know, there's also like, you know, shades of like, I would say like H2O, as I said before, GBH. And, you know, from the kind of more sort of um, Christian scene, I suppose, like the the old timers, which is one of Dave's old bands. And um, Praiser in particular are two two bands that have stuck with me for a long time and definitely influence this side of the music that I make. Um, so, yeah, so I'd probably say we're punk. in a a short version of that answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one thing is it's punk, but maybe it's angry punk. You've got to agree with me that the Durer self-titled is an angry release. So is your life full of angry moments?
1: Uh, No, not really. I would have said that, like, yeah, I'd agree with you that it is quite angry, but I think that, like, it's a bit of a cliche, I suppose, but I think that, like, one of the ways you can release that anger is through music and is through kind of engaging with uh, music like this and, and others. I wouldn't say I'm an angry person in life, but that's also because I've got an outlet for it as well. Whether it be playing music like this or listening to something slightly heavier, you know, I'd definitely uh, say that that's been a good way of, uh, you know, not becoming an angry person. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not really angry at all.
0: Something that's also interesting is that you bring your faith into the EP on interlude when Dave quotes from Psalm 121, but the odd part is that it seems out of place with the rest of the EP, so
1: why include it? Well, uh, Dave originally kind of put that together as a bit of a sketch, and uh, we kind of worked on what we were going to do with that, and I ended up uh, going in the direction of making it well as you can hear very kind of post-rock kind of vibe on it and with lots of like clean guitar and a bit of a delay and stuff and got a lot of atmosphere around it and um that was one of those ones when I was talking before about like even if we tried to set out to make a straightforward punk record other influences would creep in with that record other influences definitely crept in and I was like right I actually quite like the sound of this so I you know sending back to Dave in like demo form and he was like you know that's really cool and I think um you know, we should definitely leave it on the EP, but I, I really like uh, the way that it kind of gives you a bit of respite from all the kind of craziness that is happening and all the kind of, you know, slightly more like anger filled tracks, slightly heavier tracks. Um, and we quite liked it. And also it, as you say before, it kind of references our faith as well. And it just really strongly kind of puts it in the middle there and it takes place right in the middle of the EP as well. So yeah, we just really felt that it was uh, still worth including just as, as a reminder that, you know, things don't have to always be that angry and that intense as the rest of the EP is and can be. I'm being serious when
0: I ask this. Will the Durer EP help make the world a better place?
1: Um, I mean, music is and can be a very, very powerful thing in society. So... If it was going to make the world a better place, then that would obviously be great. And I guess one way it could do that is just to get people just thinking about, as we said, some of the issues that are raised in the lyrics on the EP, and just you know trying to you know get people thinking a little bit more, uh, whilst also hopefully giving them some music that they can enjoy as well. Um, so yeah, that that's potentially a way that it could be uh, a force for good in the world and make the world a bit of a better place. Uh, and also, you know, as I said, potentially, if you, if you listen to it and you don't have uh, a Christian faith, then, you know, having that random interlude in the middle might just sort of make you sit up and think, perhaps. So that's perhaps another way that it could, you know, kind of move people to just think about things a bit outside of themselves and maybe things that they haven't really thought about before. So, yeah, that, that's potentially how it could make things, make the world a better place. Well said. Well, listen, thanks for coming for this talk about Dürer, Chris. I appreciate it. No problem, Dave. You are most welcome.